can't wait Thursday Batman versus Superman that's right soundtrack is so awesome that you're listening to right now you gotta go get that but hello you are listening to issue number 46 of the Sunspots Comics podcast I'm Chris Latore thank you so much for listening good day mites <laughs> sorry Australian people um, and I'm going to be covering on uh, issue 46 here, New Comic Book Day, March 16th, and it was fan fun friggin' tastic. Thanks for joining in on the fun. Please tell a friend about my podcast and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash sunspotscomics. I'd greatly appreciate it. We are having a contest. Please enter. There's still plenty of time for our first ever Sunspots Comics comic book mystery box just all you got to do to enter is follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a five-star review and positive blurb on iTunes, and you're automatically entered. The winner's going to be announced May the 4th. So may the 4th be with you. Good luck. And the box is going to be worth about 75 to 100 bucks. And just all kinds of fun comic book stuff in there. Just quickly, uh, some things on my nerd brain. Uh, Daredevil, Season 2. Fan, oh wow, holy moly. Uh, I'm in to it about three episodes. I love it. I think when it's all done, I'll have my son Justin and I to do a review of it. But it is going so well. Three episodes in, it is amazing. And of course, you know, Batman vs. Superman's coming this Thursday, the 24th. And I will be seeing it premiere day. I got the Regal Cinema's ultimate ticket. Only 3,000 people in the world were, were, were lucky enough to get one. I got one, and you can see the movie as many times as you wish to see it in whatever format you want with the ultimate ticket. So pretty cool for 100 bucks. I've got to see it at least six or seven times, I guess, to make my money's to get my money's worth. So I'll be watching it a lot, hoping it's really, really good. Please, Lord, let it be good. And WonderCon. Coming up at the Los Angeles Convention Center the 25th through 27th next weekend. I I think I'll be going. I don't have my tickets yet. I've got some friends asking me, when are you going to confirm? When are you going to go? Is it for sure? I, I'm just moving into the new house, so things are a bit crazy, so I'm not sure. But I do want to go and hope to report uh, to all of you with how it went and how fun it was and all the things that were in there. So very cool. WonderCon coming up. Get your tickets to March 25th through 27th. It's going to be cool, Los, Los Angeles Convention Center. And if you want to see everything I'm reading, all the things on my pull list, all the things that have made my favorite picks, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on pull list and pick on top picks of the week, and you'll see everything that I currently read, all 140 titles, and also what's coming out I put on there on the pull list so you see what I... I'm purchasing. It's just all there. Check out sunspotscomics.com. And just a quick thank you to my son, Justin, who actually does the Sunspots Comics blog. He writes all kinds of goofy stuff. So check out blog.sunspotscomics.com. And lastly, before we jump into the reviews, just I'm doing a comic book. I'm writing a comic book named called Zombie Destroyers. And a friend of mine, Jordan Hudson, is doing the art. At, you can follow him on Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. Please look him up, check it out, and I have a site called zombiedestroyers.com that is available to see just page one, piece of page one. Uh, I'm actually leaving here in a short bit to pick up pages three and four that are completed. And then uh, he is actually about midway into page five, so it's looking so good. Thanks, Jordan, and I can't wait for everyone to see it. Just a quick synapse of my comic book. It's four characters that have powers that their mission is to destroy zombies, right? Zombie destroyers. Unlike other comics where ultimately they're just trying to survive, 
This is more about a mission to destroy all zombies. And they have powers, and ultimately the underlying theme is family. They come from a background which I can't spoil yet, but ultimately family is the driving force and the ultimate factor, figure, centerpiece of this story is family. So check out Zombie Destroyers very soon and take a peek at zombiedestroyers.com to see what's coming. And so with that, let's jump right into podcast 46. Can't believe we're on issue 46. So away we go. So I like to cover the news and cover some interesting articles. I have just one this week, one comic book feel-good factoid freebie. And that's it. And so it was kind of a light news week, which is totally fine because the comics were so good. I had difficulty picking my top picks, so I had a lot to choose from, and they were so good. But just one article this week that I think is interesting, kind of warms my heart, and it's uh, from news.com.au. Quirky comic book style resume goes viral as graphic designer goes hunting for a big break. So uh, not uh, the meatiest of articles, but I thought this was cool that a graphic designer is trying to find work in her field. She's from Argentina. Her name is Martu. And I think her last name is here somewhere. But Martu has, of course, a graphic design background. She decided to make a resume in comic book form. I thought very interesting. Why not? She's trying to find a job in the visual arts, then her comic, her resume should be of, of visual art, and it is. It's gorgeous. It's kind of a, a Sunday weekly, you know, newspaper strip style with this character, I'm sure, derived closely um, of her own likeness, and it's just a blast. She breaks it down into, like, these little panels of, like, her being in school and <clears throat> her... Uh, out in the world doing things and how it all sort of relates to her practical experience and her digital skills and it's just it's very cool very different I thought it 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 I mean interesting to see that over 20,000 people have liked it shared it seen it so she's bound to get a job hopefully very soon here Martu good luck to you in sort of 3d design or something looks like she's she's studying currently in Buenos Aires in the visual art medium so very cool I'm sure I got a feeling like she's going to be the first one but there's probably going to be many people to follow this sort of style and design why not if you're trying to find someone to work on say your comic book why not see something like this to get a you know a really good understanding of someone's visual skills and how they can sort of tell a story and explain their background and and their history and their skills and experience in a you know comic book style resume so i dug it i thought it was cool and i'll share the link of course on all the social media so you can see kind of what it's about but right in the middle of it it has like this cute little girl character like on the phone with a telemarketing headset and carrying books and it's just kind of adorable so she's gonna find work very soon and i think she's going to be one of the first, but I think we'll see more of these resumes done in comic book format. Very cool. So that's the only one, and that's all there is for articles this week. My one and final comic book feel-good factoid for you. So I hope you enjoyed that. So let's uh, jump right into my favorite comic books of the week. Spoiler alert, of course. I do read these. I do spoil them. And maybe just check out my... You can see what the pull list is. And if you haven't read something, maybe read it first. I'll I'll try not to absolutely give everything away, but I do read all these on paper, and then I recommend them to you. Please go out to your local comic book shop and buy these comic books immediately. They are fantastic. And this week there were 11 for New Comic Book Day, March 16th. So very cool that there were, you know, a small list of 11. 
And six, one to the over five, six, made it to my top favorite picks of the week. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's good. I'm over the 50% mark. That's where I like to be because that's expensive stuff. <laughs> and you want your money to last and to make it and be worth it. Well, I, I, I feel very good when that number is over 50%. So 11 comics, six made the top favorite picks of the week, which is fantastic. So you should go. These are going to be my recommendations that you go out and you buy these at a local comic book shop immediately. But I do spoil them. So spoiler alert, you've been warned. And a quick mention, I always pick an art cover winner and an art winner. And what's nice again, like last week with Thor, it's one and the same. My art winner and artist cover winner of the week is from Lowe from Image Comics. And it's uh, written by Rick Remender, artist Tocini, which is fan-friggin-tastic. Um, Greg Tocini. Gotta mention Dave McCaig on colors. Greg Tocini has this epic sweeping style the cover alone is a beautiful piece of art that i would love to have in a frame just oranges and yellows giving the feeling of just warmth and heat as our main character makes it to the surface so this is a key issue which i'll get into later because it does make one of the picks of the week <clears throat> but art is gorgeous you have to see this it stands alone all by itself has a uh <coughs> excuse me has a very sort of Disney-like look to some of the characters with there's anthropomorphic characters you're introduced here like like these rats in this rat town and they have that sort of Fievel goes west kind of look to it <laughs> which taps on my heartstrings one of my favorites you should of course see all those the American tale and they have that sort of look and the color palette of oranges and browns and the, the yellow tone it's just like a it's some of my favorite colors and it's so appealing to the eye and it gives this sort of blinding heat feel to it which definitely you feel it as you're reading it you're like wow this is you just it feels hot it feels dry and yet it's very epically drawn and just sweeping and apocalyptic and it's just gorgeous you have to see it that's why it's the art winner of the week and cover art winner of the week i love that when it comes together and it's 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 a twofer. It's both in one. So very nice. Thank you so much, Greg Tocini, for your beautiful, gorgeous art. So with that out of the way, let's break down the top six. So here we go. Coming in at number six from Image Comics, The Legacy of Luther Strode, number five. Justin Jordan is the writer. Fantastic. He has kind of a Quentin Tarantino sort of Kill Bill action feel to it. Over the top, gruesome violence. And the way that the action is portrayed in this is like nothing you've ever seen. You have to put your eyes on it just for this. Like I said, it has that over-the-top sort of martial arts style in this world where, like, doesn't seem like gravity even exists. The way that they fly through the air, the way that they hurl projectiles, it's just absolutely gorgeous. This is, in a nutshell, a like an almanac that various people got throughout the world that gave them these insanely Hulk-like fighting skills and turns their body into this muscle upon muscle, just behemoth. And he's trying to find the origins. He's This is him going deep into some crazy desert to try to find the origin of this, these powers, and to stop these other people with powers from stepping out so often and just killing people. They're so powerful that they have very little regard for human life. And that's where our character is trying to sort of put a stop to it. 
he's trying to convince people to you know to let humans live it's like his sort of his responsibility it feels like because if he doesn't do something here they're going out into the world and they're going to destroy all of mankind so you can definitely feel that weight of the world on his shoulders here he has this this the way they emote the look in his face it's just very important to him he has a sidekick and she is not of a powered like persuasion her name's petra and she's just a foul mouth uh, very heavily armed, loves all styles of guns, and she's just along for the ride, and he has to continually kind of keep her alive, which is a challenge, but he's doing a very good job. And I love the way they use sort of just white tape just surrounding each character's body and how it just sort of hangs loose and is tight, and it's just sort of almost seems alive with the character. And this is very bloody, very gruesome. There's a two-page layout here where she has like a like a 50 caliber, automatic 50 caliber machine gun and just turns one of the bad guys into paste. And it's just it's just one of those oh damn moments. You have to see it. So it's just a lot of fun. It's action-packed, it's adventure, it's kind of a swashbuckling like Indiana Jonesy feel to it, with them being out in the desert and trying to find the origin, the creator of this almanac, and yes, you get what you hoped for, which is the introduction to the main character named Cain, who looks like, wow, just like a, a giant muscular god of sorts, with again, all of the white tassely tape that's, that's mummy-like, is what it reminds me of, and so Justin Jordan must, must love movies like The Mummy, because it's just that white, clothy tape surrounding all, almost all the characters, the, the characters with powers. So fun-filled, action-packed adventure, amazing energy, amazing action. Definitely check out The Legacy of Luther Strode. That's my number six. Number five is, uh, oh yeah, by the way, it's uh, the only one number one this week, and that it made it to the top picks. It's my number five pick of the week. From Boom Studios, number one of four miniseries, Turncoat, written by Alex Paknadel, uh, art by Artyom Trakhanov. I apologize. I'm sorry. Illustrated by, colored by Jason Wardy. This has a very twisted, weird, trippy kind of look to it. But I love conceptually what this is all about. This is way in the future. There was an alien armada that touched down on, on the Earth kind of a fungus-based technology that's introduced here. I thought that was really interesting. And you're introduced to a, a female character named Marta and William Mann. They're kind of in the war together. They're high-fiving, they're flexing. Has that, like, Rocky moment where Rocky and and <laughs> Creed, Apollo Creed, like, high-five each other. No, maybe that was in Predator, that's right, where they, where it's Schwarzenegger and, and, and uh, Apollo Creed's character, which I forget, uh, his name already, but they they have that high five and hold on and flex the muscles. It's very it's very 80s movie-esque at the beginning, I guess. And they're in this war, but you only see like a sort of strange glimpse of it. Time really moves fast here, and I like the pace. Because it's, it's really packing a lot of information in these 24 pages. And so Marta's in the hospital after the war, and she already has these orga organic element... Uh, alien elements attached to her for making her better. So there's, you could see that the world is infused with this alien fungus that's kind of everywhere. 
but they use it to their advantage. Like in the hospital, she has it hooked to her to her nose, uh, feeding her some sort of fluid. But it's like a living organism that does this. Even the flowers, when William Mann comes to see Marta, because she's in the hospital after the war, they're like of alien origin and look strange, and they're moving. <laughs> Can almost hear them twisting and making some weird alien sound. And you get a big flash forward five years later, uh, or just before the five years later, the aliens leave. So interesting here, you're only seeing the tail end, and they're called the management, which is a little different. And you see just a sort of day in Astoria where everyone has a lot of this alien, goopy, pussy, algae-like substance on them to help them with things like carrying heavy stuff and and canes and walking apparatuses and it's like infused into the subway it's it's interesting so you you're sort of thinking i like what they're setting the tone here did the aliens really hurt us or help us <clears throat> and you see quickly that there is a group of people that were very pro management pro aliens and they're angry with people that fought them off there was a battle there was a big war and they left but there were people that cared for them so it, it it's kind of you don't really know what the past of it is I feel like a prequel coming on, like they'll dive into this later. But our character Marta now is not in the uh, armed forces or anything. She's becomes like a private investigator and someone comes to her with a very old 10-year-old picture of of uh, their young nephew. And she she says that uh, this this old woman which again has these breathing apparatuses of alien technology on her neck to help find Titus. <clears throat> And uh, her nephew hasn't been seen in a long time. Well, you already know, I, you kind of guess here that there's going to be more than meets the eye and there's this finding of the person. But you quickly get introduced into Marta's world, into the, into the local bar she goes into to see some of the local riffraff and see an old friend. And she's kind of picking up leads and has conversations with people. You can tell she's very relationship-based sort of private investigator and you even meet some informants that she that that worked for her when she was a policewoman police person and even a, maybe a potential ex-boyfriend so you're introduced there where they have some issues and uh, the writing style is great like even when they have this little close-up with this sort of ex-boyfriend she sees in the bar which they get into this like big bar brawl which is which is great there's so many colors and so many lines on this. You have to actually look at the panel for a while to figure it out. It can be good. It can also be bad sometimes and slow things down. But the art style is definitely very uh, just tons and tons of line based and a lot of intricate detail and graffiti on the wall. And it's just something you really want to look at. But fantastic spread of colors. And the informant friend, they're quickly in the writing here. They quickly have, you can tell they have respect for each other even though he's an informant and she's being watched. So there's a lot going down in this small case, which she would, you know, you, you would think our character would initially think not much to it, but she already has the insight to know that something else is going on. She has that, she gets this twitchy feeling she references, like that, in, that intuition, that cop intuition. It's just a feeling in her guts that something's wrong. And now her buddy William Mann is like the mayor so things are moving really fast in this, and I really like that. And then she's they're walking in a park talking about things. Maybe the mayor can help with her case, and she's attacked by a sort of half-alien, half-human uh, follower of the management. That She's kind of famous, so she's known for being part of the reason why the management's not there. So they have a little tussle in the, in the park, and then you quickly go to a torture scene where her informant... His name is Quentin, is being tortured. So those people that were watching her are, are 
now torturing Quentin to get information and, and injecting him with some alien hybrid drug that they're trying out to get information. And then you quickly see some sort of insane looking mutant jump through this glass window and escape from the people that were watching Marta and takes, out, takes off running in the street. So is that Titus? You don't know. She's back in her office drawing a scribble on the picture she's seen that maybe trying to figure out what Titus looks like now compared to 10 years ago. Is this strange mutant that jumps through a window Titus? Who knows? But very interesting, very unique premise, and I'm in. So I'm going to add this to the poll list, and that's why it became uh, my number five pick of the week. And that's, again, Turncoat number one from Boom Studios. Check it out. Very, very good. And now coming in at number four from Vertigo Comics, Clean Room number six. And Clean Room comes from the team of... Here it comes. Oh, yeah. Gail Simone writing. John Davis Hunt on art. Very clean, very realistic, very stylistic in the facial features. I like that everyone has a unique look and you can tell them apart very easily. Very wonderful. All the coloring is very of natural world. And I can't quite put my finger on exactly what this comic is about, but it has me kind of hooked in the way that of its mystery... Of, of the element here that you don't understand, but it's enough to keep you interested. And in a nutshell, this is this woman that wrote like a Dianetics style book. And certain people have crazy reactions from reading her book, even kill themselves, or they really turn themselves around and have this amazing life. She has this strange clean room, this all white walled clean room where they were, it's like a bridge between this either alien or demon you're not really sure, and and it's also, I think, aliens or demons, not just one person, but this white walled room, which reminds me of sort of the Matrix, that, that loading room, where they speak to this demon, and this demon manifests through other people. And this main character, this woman, her boyfriend, killed himself after reading this book, An Honest World, and so she's just digging, she's investigating, she went to the source, she went to the author of the book, and... She's trying to figure out what's going on, and she and you quickly know that our main character here is some sort of chosen one. There's some reason she's special, but we don't know why. She has these cool, like, three ginger-bearded neighbors that I think they're going to be aliens because they protect her no matter what. They don't seem to have any ulterior motive. She's an attractive woman. They seem to not care. They just seem to be protectors, and they're, they're like triplets, red-haired, ginger-bearded triplets. So interesting there if... I think there's some sort of alien slash or demon protector on the good side of things. But you quickly get to see a glimpse into what happened to her boyfriend. And it's gruesome. This is very adult. This is very violent. Very over the top. Not your kids comic right here. This is pretty intense. I would say rated R. And they show this flashback of him committing suicide after he reads the book, but they don't show what he's looking at also in his video screen because he read the book and he's looking at a video screen. and his cat sitting next to him and even the cat leaves the room <laughs> for whatever's on the screen and I like that because sometimes I think the more gruesome and horrific things you don't need to see let your mind fill in the blanks it does that here so in spades very good and then we're met by the cleaner the surgeon is making a house call to to our main character's home and you're you quickly realize that even though this has been her doctor of many years, he is of, of, of this demon or alien, whatever this species is, that just wants to do her harm for some reason. She's, she seems uh, definitely, it reinforces that she's very special. She's unique. 
<clears throat> and it's a, it's a fight between the two of them. And what I think is the most interesting part of this is she's losing this fight with the surgeon. And then the woman that wrote the book calls in like a, like a large warship, like a battleship. And makes a phone call to her main character and says, put the demon on the phone. <laughs> and she explains that she has a large cannon on this battleship pointed at where the alien slash demon floats in the sky. So you're getting other pieces of what's happening here. But it is just layered. This thing is deep. And he's and the and the surgeon who has like knives in his eyes, because this went this knife fight went down. It is gruesome. It's bloody. It's gory. I just was feeling this right now. Must must I must just be having a having a, a an urge for or a need for some some over the top violence. I got that here. Very much so. Don't let the kids read this. But uh, yeah, so he's the, the surgeon's like you're bluffing. You don't have a large battleship cannon shaped uh, pointed at my my people, and it's confirmed. And it is. And you see the battleship pointing at at space with this like gigantic cannon. The scale of this cannon is humongous. You see the smallest of seagulls passing by the tip of this cannon. So it's gigantic. It's it's world shattering. And he backs off. And he and and that's about where this this episode ends. There's a little more that happens here which you have to see. But it's all over the place, right? I mean, what a what an interesting comic. Clean Room number 6. Check it out. It just seems to be getting better. And it seems to be piecing together really well this mysterious alien-like demon that you don't really know what their what their mission is, and so uh, interesting, very good, and very in the in the genre of horror, and that's why I made my top one of the top picks. So coming into number three, we're into the top three now, and always good stuff. We have some things, of course, that are continually on the top picks, so you should read all of these immediately. But coming in at number three from Image Comics is issue number five of Huck by Mark Millar and gorgeous art by Raphael Albuquerque. And this is a hero theme. If you want some hero feel, you want some real sort of justice-y feel, some comic book hero-like heart, it's right here. That's where you're going to get that, in Huck. So please check out Huck. And the, what someone uh, said, Mark Miller said in an article, was that he wrote this because of how he wants hero comics to be more positive in nature and and more heartwarming and have a real positive feel. And that's definitely where this is going. So Huck is this simpleton, if you will, like a Forrest Gump-like uh, guy that in this town he does good deeds. But now the, the jig is up. The whole world knows about him. And in the last episode, which was major, a brother was introduced, and it doesn't look like it's a brother, or maybe he was made in a lab, but he turns him in to the evil scientist regime that just wants to continually harbor his DNA to make super soldiers uh, that can take over the world. And this professor, bald-headed professor, evil professor, has now Huck and his mother behind this amazing glass that he can't break. And they're going to, they're talking about just dissecting the mom and breeding Huck. And the brother's out there with uh, this other character and they're just sort of poking the bear at the, at the window. They're just continually just evil and dastardly and it, it, it's sparking emotion in the mother and you can see that in the face and the, the way that the writing is set up. It's, it's really an emotional moment. She's meeting her son whom she fought to protect all these years and now she even mentions that here we are back sort of where they started 
and it's it makes her sad and it's definitely tugs on the heartstrings there you see the mom putting her son in danger and you feel it and so he's so huck's trying to smash through these walls and nothing's happening here and it's just uh them continually like poking the bear at the, through the glass wall and it's you're introduced a little bit into the the evil professor with the with the goggles the glasses <laughs> so, you know very sort of typical kind of evil 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 doctor evil professor but they do a good job because this brother you so trusted him as who was going to be Huck's brother and and he Huck wanted a brother and wanted this family and that's the underlying theme here is the family and he's just gloating and constantly sticking in in into Huck's face of just how stupid he was to fall for for this and they talk about how the brother doesn't last very long so he's definitely some sort of lab made creature if you will and he says he doesn't care. He's he, he's singular in purpose, and he doesn't have, I don't think, complex thoughts. You get the idea that he's made in the lab, and he sort of has a singular purpose, and that's it. What we come to realize the mother's special power is that she tells people to do things, and they do it. So she has that sort of purple man power, if you will, from the Marvel series, where when she tells you to do something, you have to do it. And so he tells her, Mom, tell me to break this wall. <laughs> and the and the the thoom thoom the sound of him pounding they show like miles away 500 miles away and you can still hear the thoom and feel it and there's a Jurassic Park like water in a cup that's trickling very beautiful art here and yeah of course he, he can't be contained Huck's mother told him to escape and you can almost hear the music at that moment when he breaks through and his mother is there it's like dun dun dun, dun. it just has that that sound that feel and if you want some hero element, you want a feel-good comic, and in the more traditional sense, if you will, superhero style, this has heart, this has warmth, this has a character you root for, it's very family-based, and you have to read Huck. It's, it's a heartwarming good time. So thank you, Mark Millar, for this wonderful writing. That's issue... That's my number three comic. So, number two from Image Comics, Jason Sean Alexander writes and does the art for Empty Zone, number six. And I had the pleasure of meeting Jason Sean Alexander and having a sketch done. You can see it on Instagram in my sketchbook and had a nice conversation with him. Got to shake his hand. He told me about a few comics that I did, wasn't aware of that he did years ago that he's really proud of, and I'm going to check those out as well. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. He's amazing artist he's a painter and it really comes through here his style this particular comic has this blade runner feel to it very dark very noir there's futuristic holographic elements throughout there's a subway you're introduced and this lovely couple that's on sort of a train and they seem very happy and i think the likeness of the woman here is based on his wife i think i remember on instagram seeing pictures of his adorable family and it, this has that that tone of her of her look of her face and just drawn so well he has a, a hyper realistic style but sort of there's a, a twisty look to it in the way that he uses just paint and the splattering effect and the way he draws like a like a cityscape with snow it's just gorgeous you have to look at it it's they're all works of art you could take any one of these panels and slice it which I never do come on don't ever slice comics don't just don't do that but <laughs> I, I would love to have a large mural of his work. It's just gorgeous. There's a lot of 
emotion in the eyes and in the facial features. He really captures that and draws hands so beautifully. And anyway, this married couple looks like they're visiting a town. They have a certain security clearance that sort of protects them from certain areas. I, I like that aspect. It's like you, you pay for a level of security and you know what areas of town you can go into. It's, it's an interesting little setup there. I liked that sort of background. And there's some aspects of this that reminds me of like the Blade comic book series and the Blade movie uh, series where they see some interesting sort of symbol on the wall and they go and check it out and it's like the husband's roofied they go into this bar he doesn't remember what happened wife's gone he's freaking out a little bit she comes back and there's some lonely moments here sorry before he goes uh, the wife comes back where he's in this bar sort of goes back there and he's there by himself and it just has this very lonely feeling to it with the way that the shadowing and the light is portrayed there's no one else in this room and he's there by himself looking kind of miserable it really evokes some emotion here it has this lonely feel to it this lonely tone and it's cool and then the wife comes back and he was like where were you and they have a little sexual interlude she's like don't worry about it and then hops on <laughs> but you can definitely get this feel. She's up to something. Something's going on. He doesn't have a clue. He, you know, it, like his consciousness is in question when he, I think she roofied him. And they, they go out about the town and they cross over where they're not cleared to, where they didn't pay for the level of clearance to be protected. And they go into a little scarier, darker neighborhood with this flying taxi. Very cool old-fashioned sort of 40s taxi but it's retrofitted to fly has a little fifth element feel there right right at this moment which is which is wonderful there's so many uh, tones and feels and things that give this just a very cool futuristic look and I love it from the robotic driver and the taxi just little accents little little things here that pop up uh, but also have this gritty dark and some things have never changed sort of look to whatever city this is like it's I think it's New York and then he's in this cool sort of party that's happening and there's there's very cool looking individuals all drinks in their hand and and the, you could just get this feeling like the husband just wants to fit in and make this wife happy and but he doesn't really know what's going on and then we realize quickly that these are they're vampires i mean okay we haven't been introduced to vampires yet i don't think in the empty zone series well here they are and then quickly you're introduced into the savior which has this sort of edward scissor hands look uh the crow it reminds me of he's he's got a bald head it's like a like just a mixture of it's like looking at a nine inch nails video or a um maybe tool like sort of an, an interesting dark twisted looking fight scene here and he's got these sort of long staff with I think blades at the end of them and he's saving the man because the wife brought him into this den to this trap and he's just you could tell by the look on his face he like doesn't know what's going on and then luckily he's saved by our Edward Scissorhands looking red-faced character with the red around its around his mouth and he's still like, you know, where's my wife? And this character's like, look, you gotta let her go. She brought you into this, and it's time to just leave. It's they're in Berlin, sorry, not New York. 
Um, so you have to see this. It's a great, epic, sweeping, almost like a one-shot. Seems to encaps encapsulate a story all within itself, which is great. I know it's very hard to do, but you know it. It isn't. You know, there's going to be more of this. At least I hope there is. But even if it's a one-shot, I'd be happy with it. It's just so well done. It's dark. It's gritty. It's a little lonely, a little sad at moments. And yeah, the the twist here of this man being being you know his wife leading him into this evil den of vampires. For what? And you don't see her, like, as to where she goes. And thank goodness we had this new character we're introduced to, who's on the cover. All white, bald head, young kid almost looking like, with, like, red on his mouth. Uh, just so well done. You have to check this out. Buy them from the beginning. Get them in trade. Empty Zone. Jason Sean Alexander. Couldn't have been drawn and written and colored and painted by a nicer guy, Jason Sean Alexander. So that's my number two. I tell you, it could have been easily number one. But the number one pick of the week. Ah, so good. From Image Comics, number 12 of Low, written by Rick Remender. And Rick Remender did another series, The Devolution, which almost made the picks this week too. It was just so very action-y based and I was looking for a little more meat, but it was it's, it's getting us there. But this is where the meat is. Rick Remender, Save the Meat for Low, number 12 from Image Comics. Art by Tocini, which I already said. Artist winner, cover winner of the week. It's gorgeous. It's like Greg Tocini. It's like looking at this alien world. And it's Earth, just way in the future, where everyone has to live underwater. And yet our main character is his family that believed that they heard this signal on the surface <clears throat> and it's their their life their family mission to make it to the surface and help the human race because underwater everything is just falling apart dying crumbling they're losing oxygen they're losing food people are getting sick constantly and this is uh, our main character the daughter of the family one of the daughters she has the the mech suit the family mech suit that helped her get to this point, but it's been a long journey for her to get to the surface. So who knows how deep down they were. But this just is such a far away adventure. So 20,000 leagues under the sea. It's it's this epic sweeping adventure. And this color palette here, when she reaches the surface, they talk about the radiation level and she still has to wear her, her sort of bubble helmet because of all the toxins and everything on the earth. But it's with the red and orange and and yellow tones of this, it really omits this sort of heat factor in that it's it's dry and they come up to the surface and they're using their climbing apparatuses with all this kind of awesome advanced futuristic tech that their fingers dig into the walls even to climb vertically, horizontally and all crazy angles. So you're just immediately like, oh, I felt this is just the most lovely sci-fi. <laughs> this is what you want in a sci-fi adventure. It has a Mars-like feeling, I guess. And so they're looking around, they're leaping from crevice to crevice, they're searching for any sort of signs of life or maybe where these signals come from. She quickly falls down this, this ravine and these spiders, these fire spiders come after her. They're like, they're sort of on fire and they, she finds some babies and yeah, the big giant mamas and papas are just around the corner. So she's running away from these giant fire spiders. Very cool conceptually the way they look that their sort of bellies are just in flame. So wow, is the you're, you're, I couldn't help at this point but think, wow, the Earth is so changed to where it's almost like she's on the surface of the sun now. But really interesting. So they're, they're running from these spider creatures and then they finally come across this vast valley where you could tell there was a giant battle or people were trying to 
to find something here, and there's these mech suits that are all torn and destroyed in this giant, epic, sweeping two-page panel. Gorgeous to look at. You have to see this comic book. It's worth buying. Get it in all formats. And she's, at the, for, the, for, the, for the first time, she's able to sort of touch the dirt and see the sand, and, and that's something they just don't see down where they are. And the look on her face is just of just wonder and... And the emotion here just grabs you. And she, like, throws the dirt up in the air and yells, Woohoo! And, and they found sort of a city, sort of a civilization. And they have, where maybe hope was almost lost, they, they, she's reinvigorated with hope. She has, like, this sort of bodyguard that owes her family something for the something the family did. He's a, a man trying to redeem himself also that wasn't the best of people. So it's a little bit of a redemption road for him. And you like that in this character, which I don't remember his name, but he's a very muscular, large man that is really hell bent on protecting her. And you're kind of going, okay, where's this going to go? There's no one in this, this empty city, which looks like, like a Mars version of the, of the Fortress of Solitude is what it kind of reminds me of. So well drawn, just gorgeous. His art is amazing. But there's no one in here. They're, they're wandering around. They're trying to find something. And when the sun finally goes down, they're able to take their helmets off for a short period of time before their lungs are irradiated and they die. But they, they're able to, they want to risk it just to breathe real air because they, they haven't in years or maybe ever. And they're actually breathing the air and things are okay. It, you have this sort of feeling of claustrophobia in low where everything is underwater and small and compact. And now you're just like, wow, you're, they're on the surface. And it's like this, they've, they've done a great job of writing that for so long that they're underwater and to where this feels like a big payoff. And I like that. And they're sitting there and they're just, just having a moment of tranquility in this, this valley. When they finally see the life on the, on the, on the surface of earth and it's anthropomorphic mice or rat rats. They look sort of, uh, like I said, like American Five Goes West, uh, look to their their heads, and you can tell they've been living there a long time. They have armor, they have they have transportation, and you're introduced to this head, this head rat, who is the the leader of this group, and he has like his right hand man with him. They all carry sort of swords, and they're watching this little display of they they caught these beetles for food. These crazy looking crab like sea beetle things that are like. 10 feet high gigantic looking things that they're they're gonna harvest for food you can tell they built their armor from pieces of it it looks very similar and our leader shows his his wife and shows his family and kids and that they're celebrating having this this catch and then they're they're attacked by like these hornet like creatures that are like half human half wasp and they just want the food and they're slaying these people left and right and our main characters are just watching and they're like, maybe we need to jump into this. And they're watching this all unfold. And the the main character is, just when they're about to step in, the main rat, the head rat, uh, in front of his family and wife and everyone is just beheaded. And you're like, ah. Oh. So I warned you, spoilers, but it it's just so, I, I probably said epic five or ten times, but it has this this cool turn in this story. You're introduced to a whole new species in this battle, in this war. Are they going to get in the middle of it? You don't, I'm not going to say, you don't really know. And this wasp-like hornet creatures that are like half humanoid, half wasp, gruesome looking saber tooth-like teeth. 
and yeah, they're they're gruesome war. It's a battle here. I think they're. I you can't help but think they're going to be thrust in the middle of this and have to have to choose a side and help the rats and and what are they going to do? And where's the signal where, that they were coming up to the surface in the first place? So it's it's definitely a left turn into their mission, but a rather interesting one. And you you feel for this this rat society and or mouse society, whatever they are. Rats might they're large. You know they seem to be about normal human height and or they're watching from really close by or something and they're all just rat size. You don't know, that would be kind of cool, right? If they're actually not humanoid size, but they're just small rats and all these little outfits and they speak and they... Anyway, strange series and it's just a great sci-fi action fun, gorgeously drawn. It's that synergy of everything coming together here from beautiful art to coloring to writing. And it's on number 12, and this is still an interesting, captivating story. I definitely recommend you buy it. That's why it's my number one pick of the week for March 16th. That is, again, Low, number 12, from Rick Remender and Greg Tuccini. So there you go. There's the story. Those are all my recommendations for this week. And please go to a local comic book sh- shop and buy those six comic books immediately. You should pick them up. They've all been, especially the top three, those have all been picks of the week in the past. If you want to see all my past picks of the week, you want to see my pull list, everything I'm collecting, go to sunspotscomics.com. Just click on top comic books, click on pull list. You'll see everything there as to what I'm reading, what I'm recommending to you and what my top picks of the week are and what they have been in the past and so as i wrap this thing up of course if you have suggestions you have an interesting point you want to make or something for the show you think that would really help sunspots comics send me an email chris at sunspotscomics.com if whatever your email is i enjoy it i'm going i may pick it and read it on the on the show and you'll i'll send you a little comic book prize right to your doorstep and of course don't forget to enter in on the sunspots comics mystery box contest may the fourth the winner will be picked all you got to do is just follow us on instagram and twitter and follow us on facebook.com sunspots comics and just go to itunes give us a five-star review write a little positive blurb i'll even mention your positive blurb on the on the future podcast so Enter in. Get yourself entered in that contest. Good luck to you. And again, May the 4th will be the day that I pick the winner for the first ever Sunspots Comics comic book mystery box. So there you have it, folks. And tune in next week where I'm going to be covering uh, 10 comics next week. So uh, March the 16th was 11. March the 23rd is going to be 10 as well. And there are some new number ones that are coming out. So I'm really looking forward to checking those out. And as always, I'll check those out and report back to you. Hopefully with some good stuff, because I love new number ones and all the hope that they hold with them. But there you go. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, have yourself a good one, day, night, evening, whatever you're doing. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast and talk to you next week. Please tell a friend. Take care now. Bye-bye. Is it really surprising that the most powerful man in the world should be a figure of controversy? We, as a population on this planet, have been looking for a savior. Savior. We're talking about a being whose very existence... They are not telling us the truth. ...challenges our own sense of priority... Our planet! ...in the universe. Human beings have a horrible track record of... Tragic. ...following people of great power. Corrupts. And absolute power. power. Corrupts. Absolutely. Chaos. Maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. We know better now, don't we? Devils don't come from hell beneath us. They brought their warrior. They come from the sky. The world is...
been so caught up with what he can do that no one has asked what he should do. That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel.